Hello everyone, welcome to the first episode of Elements of the Real World, Frankenstein. I am today's host, Iman. Today we'll be talking about romanticism. I will be joined by Sean, Emma, and Mateo. Thank you for having me. Hey. Thanks. The first topic we will be discussing is the importance of nature shown in Frankenstein. After the death, I am sorry. What is, this, what is with a long monologue in the story about setting and specifically shown with nature? I think that they used to describe nature to show how beautiful nature can truly be. Because we know that different elements of romanticism is nature. And so describing that nature like in great detail, like the monologue set, the monologues I have, where he's describing like the water and all that stuff, just shows how caring that romanticists are for nature. I also think that they describe nature and the setting for a very long amount of time to emphasize what the characters are feeling at that certain point. Like when we see them when they're going to the mountains away from society, it shows how lonely they are, how sad they are because of the cold, and that's usually inferred as loneliness and you know, not being a society. I think it also like just helps kind of create a mood and a tone for you like really feeling the story. Adding on, how does nature affect Victor emotionally? Um, I think it affects Victor emotionally because throughout the whole book, he's just by a bunch of emotions, including his regret on creating his monster, and then how he has to feel with all the death that occurs after the fact. So I think nature changes with his emotions as it goes into the beauty of it, it also goes into the harshness of it, and I think that's also a major theme in romanticism. Yeah, because just think, like where we start the book, where he's trying to find, when he's trying to find it, we're in very cold like very harsh you know very bleak let's just say and his situation right at that time is very bleak so the the setting is mixing with the emotions that the character has i think going back to what emma said like um how the setting really kind of shows how the characters feel like most of the time victor is isolated he's in like a castle or in the mountains or something it really just shows their emotions that was a great discussion Let's move on to the second topic, which will be about wandering as a rebel. How and why is the monster an outcast? Well, I think it really goes first by his looks. Like the first thing that happens to him when Victor sees him is that Victor abandons him. So I think that everybody just tends to like judge him off his looks and how he is. And then he just starts to feel kind of resented and not wanted by society. I think even now in modern day, we tend to look at other people for their disabilities or and make them an outcast. Society kind of pushed the monster into outcast by him not being accepted and was looked at a monster instead of looked at what he was inside. I agree with that too because uh, different elements like she brought up that can turn someone into a monster as well, is how society treats them at some times. I know society is tough and it's always gonna to be tough, but we can always make it just a little bit easier for people. 
Has the monster succeeded in making Victor an outcast? I think Victor chose was cho like chose to be an outcast. There was many times where he could have accepted his monster and created his own kind of messed up little family with it. However, um, he chose to leave it and he chose to become an outcast by himself. Um, I kind of think the monster did succeed because the only people that um, started to like still talk to Victor after his creation was his family and the monster succeeded in getting rid of his whole family and then he would frame murders to make society also see Victor as an outcast. I'm kind of in the middle because I agree with both sides. I do believe the monster did succeed, but I also think that Victor himself created it. Since he's the one that created the problem, he made himself the outcast, but the monster had a hand in it, so he is semi-responsible as well. I, I like what you guys mentioned there, specifically with what Mateo said. Uh, with the death of his family, he became alienated and that increased his drive for revenge and that basically took over his whole life. So in my eyes, he did become an outcast because all, all he focused on was revenge and being isolated and just focused on one goal, which was hunting down the monster. Um, now, let's uh, move on to the next topic, which is the different elements of romance in Frankenstein. Uh, what expression of love do you see from the characters in the story? What is the extent and passion of their love? Um, the biggest kind of expression of love I can think of from the story is um, Safie's and Felix's relationship. How Felix went through risking his own like wealth and high status in France to help free Safie's uh, father from jail. And it actually completely backfired because he did get caught in he got his wealth like, taken from him. I agree with Mateo um, with that, but also with Felix and Sophia, they seem like good together. So with that, there's, there's another element of romanticism is that love triumphs overall. I agree with both of you. I think how just the sacrifice and the like the showing of each other's love when we see in the couples. We also kind of see it in family life and like the Delacy's, we see how close knit everything is, even though it's messy. You just see how love is overall everything. Because in the story, love is like a binding factor. It binds people together. Yeah, and the main problem that the monster had and why he's so kind of hurt is that he got rejected from love from the Delacy's. He just he had a lack of love from everyone. He's, he's mad. Yeah, he's, he's gotten. He's gotten no love from everyone. Having no love from anyone is obviously going to affect a person in a negative way. People need compassion. Where even, even the term, even with this monster, living things need compassion in order to survive. Yep, yeah, I agree with everything you guys said there. Uh, what topics do you guys think within Frankenstein come with a negative connotation? What come with a positive connotation? And how is that related to romanticism? I think like all the nature, like the good scenery and like the mountains, the forest, that tends to come with more of a positive connotation. But then when you really think about like the dark places, like the castle, the lake where Victor dropped off the um, corpse of what the second creature would have been, and like 
every time he kind of sees the monster, it's just a negative connotation because they're in a like, dark, gloomy place. Adding on to that, um, what, I was really, what I've really been thinking is how many places we do go to. Because like, there's so many places that we do go to in the story. There's Scotland, there's, there's England, there's Russia. We go to and France and Germany. There's places that we all go to. I think that, with how vast the landscape is in the story, shows the beauty of nature. It shows the beauty of nature in both a positive and a negative, because as he brought up, nature around us, like in a grassy field or like the lake, it's beautiful, very beautiful, but in an isolating castle or an isolating mountains, it can also show the negative connotations of nature and how harsh it could be. I agree with Sean. I think every topic that you come across in Frankenstein has both a negative and a positive. Each can be looked at in both ways. Yeah, and I think the topic of love comes with a positive connotation, and then isolation is more of a negative connotation with that topic. Great responses, guys, and an overall a great podcast. Thank you for your time and for tuning in. Hope to see you on the next episode of Elements of the Real World, Frankenstein. Thank you Thanks. for having me. Thank you.